Please pray with me. Holy God of love, in the still spaces of our lives, we inch forward to hear you whisper the word you have for us today. Be in the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts that those present here may be touched with your undying love. Amen. So years ago, I used this exact story of Jesus turning water into wine with a group of eighth grade students in confirmation. And we talked about what this story could mean for our lives today. One of the students pointed out that Jesus loves to party. And another one found it rude that Jesus called his own mom woman. And at that point, one of my more agnostic students quietly mumbled, he had doubts. What do you, why do you think that, Matthew? I asked him. Well, what if Jesus wasn't sure that he could do a miracle? I get like that sometimes when my parents push me to do things that I'm not sure I can pull off yet. I get kind of snotty with them. Then he smiled as he said, I guess I'm like Jesus, huh? (laughs) For this young man, the miracle wasn't found in turning water into wine. The miracle was that he had something in common with Jesus. Thomas Edison once said, the real measure of success is the number of experiments that can be crowded into 24 hours. And so today, what we're going to do, we're going to be innovators today, and we're going to just try something. We're going to do an experiment today in worship, and I'm going to give you a couple of um, directions, instructions first, okay? So first, I'd like for you to find a small team of people. Maybe it's your family. Maybe you don't really like your family and you want to do this by yourself. And that's okay too. But you might just find a group of two or three people to uh, just be a collaborating, designing team. So why don't you either decide now, I'm going to do this myself, or I'm going to grab these two other people next to me. Find your people right now. You're grouped. Okay, so we found our teams, right? All right, the next thing that you're going to do is gather your supplies, okay? There are plastic grocery bags at the ends of the aisles. They have pipe cleaners, paper, crayons to use. Grab a few and pass them down, but make sure that you're sharing. We've got people over here that need supplies. Make sure you're grabbing just a few and handing them over to other people.
All right, are we continuing to pass down the supplies? What about these folks over here? If you have extras, pass them down. Make sure everyone has their supplies. <laughs> be a long sermon. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone listen, because here's the focus of your experiment for today. What I'd like for you to do with your supplies in your small group is that I would like for you to design a logo for our church. So within your small groups, you're going to design a brand new logo. You're redesigning the logo with your small group. And here's how you know when to stop. Every design company has a limited amount of time to get the job done. So we're going to have a song play, and when that song is over, your time is up. Okay? So, design your logo for this wonderful church. Go.
Pretty good? All right, we, time for show and tell. Who, want, who has one that wants to show? All right, this little one. What did, what did you guys do? So because no one can hear you, I'm going to repeat for everyone else so that they can hear. Okay, so what did you get done? We made a cross with a circle around. Awesome. Way to go. Who else has one you want to show? All right, what's this one here? It looks like a head scratcher. It's a tree of many different colors. Rooted together and branching out into the community. Wonderful. Let's give one from over here. All right, what's this one over here? We have a peace symbol. Justice and peace. And open and affirming in the middle. Yeah, the, the colors all are symbolic. Oh, the colors are symbolic. Good. Hey, I'm seeing a lot of successes. Let's just raise them up so we can see all of them. Look at all these. Look at all these. We just tried something. All right. Moment of truth, though. Moment of truth. Who did not feel good about their invention? Okay, okay. Does someone want to show your biggest failure? Who wants to show how you failed today? Who's brave enough to show off? Okay, show and fail. That's what this is called. All right. She, she's showing, what is she showing? She's showing a blank piece of paper. That's right. That's about right. Yeah, that's good. Perfect. Okay, who else wants to show their, their, their fake? Show and fail. You want to show and fail? Yeah, what is that? I don't know what that is. A braided wreath with a sun in it and a dove inside, but I can't see any of that. Way to fail! Woo! Yes! Anyone else want to show their, their failure? Oh, <laughs> she even put an F inside of the, <laughs> she put an F inside of the, of the circle. She felt like a failure. Here, here's the thing, friends. I've learned after all these years of trying something and maybe sometimes failing, there's an acronym for F-A-I-L. The acronym stands for First Attempt in Learning. First attempt in learning is a big old fail. We've been there, right? We've all been there. We're given a project and we start with confidence and enthusiasm. We're going to crush this, we say. And then comes the pressure and the mistakes and we squirm and we have self-doubt and we find excuses or people to blame. And suddenly, the prospect of success seems pretty dim. Failure is humiliating. But guess what? We've all failed at some point. We've all failed at something. A test, a baking recipe, a conversation with a friend, a job interview, a knitting project, a parenting moment, a career move, a marriage. My skeptical eighth grade friend pointed out something that I had never thought of before. Doing something new brings up a lot of feelings. 
However, if you read the biographies of great inventors and creatives, you will find that they develop an interesting relationship with failure. They get familiar with the feelings that are deep down in there with it. A California design company called IDEO actually engages their designers in failure training. They have this really interesting exercise where they have their designers walk around a room and loudly, courageously, and boldly point at objects and yell out the wrong name for it. <laughs> Spoon! <laughs> that kind of thing. And they do this for several minutes. Several minutes. And afterwards, they discuss how it feels to be wrong, to be wrong. The exercise reminds them that there's a voice enforcing our fear of failure that can overpower our ability to take creative risks. And so our job is to learn how to recognize that voice and try something anyway, no matter how messy and complicated it may feel. I've never been able to read the story about Jesus turning water into wine without recognizing that interesting exchange between Jesus and his mother. I wonder what Mary saw in this particular moment. She just makes an offhand casual comment about the wedding host running out of wine. And Jesus like snaps back that they should have hired a better wedding planner. But she leans in a little bit more and tells the servants to do whatever Jesus says, perhaps winking at her son, referring to something they had discussed prior to this moment. Most parents have had this experience, right? When we encourage our kids to do something for the very first time. And a lot of times there's more cheerleading from us than action out of our kids. Come on, baby, you got this. You could do this. I know you can, we say, as they pout and scream and roll their eyes and call us woman. <laughs> woman. I imagine Mary saw this as a non-threatening opportunity for her son to practice his gifts with some training wheels. After all, failing to make more wine at a wedding wasn't a life-or-death situation. There weren't huge consequences if he couldn't do it. And so maybe my 13-year-old friend Matthew was on to something. Maybe Jesus needed a little bit of encouragement because he was afraid that he would fail at the bigger stuff. I know from personal experience that the fear of failure is paralyzing. The worst-case scenarios generate, and the people-pleasing muscle rises up, and the holding on to certainty blocks any worthwhile action. Fear of failure is like miracle repellent. I wish I, wish I could learn from my, from my successes, but I don't. Not really. And I have accepted that screwing up is just a part of life. But I like what the artist Ralph Steadman says. There's no such thing as a mistake. It's just an opportunity to do something else. It's so true. The mistakes that I make not only teach me what not to do next time, they teach me resilience so that there is a next time. 
Failure is actually good for our souls. When we fail, we find out that there is a God and we are not it. Mm -hmm. In God's economy, our failures make us surrendered and dependent and, yes, even more loved. And so, once Jesus got over himself and listened to his mother, (laughs) he took a deep breath and he turned water into wine, 180 gallons of it. Not too shabby for a first attempt in learning. And if you read the text closely, you will find that he didn't do much to make it happen. He didn't fill the stone jars. He didn't draw the water himself. Matter of fact, he never even touched the jars or the water. All he did was imagine the possibility. This first attempt in learning became his first in many brave moments to observe useless gifts, to listen and learn, to find a quiet place, to trust in God and love people, and to just try something. May it be true for us, little innovators. May it be true for us. Amen.